0: The strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm one with the Force, the Force is with me. Now witness the firepower of this fully armed and operational battle station. We'll use the Force.
1: That's not how the Force works. Well, that's just somewhere.
0: Welcome to the Kybercast. This is episode number 186, recorded July 23rd, 2023. My name is Joe Becker, one half of the Kybercast team, the other half with me in his Golden State Warriors uniform. That man who hails out of Michigan State. <laughs> Looks like you got a uniform
1: on to me. It's, well, I guess it is a uniform technically, it's,
0: it's a jersey. Uniform in the head. it's that tights i'm You're not a, a wrestler required,
1: required uniform i'm not a wrestler and this is not the breakfast club and it's a good <laughs> thing we we market solely to gen xers because no one else knows that reference yeah, i don't care if they do or
0: not look it up <laughs> what's your name again michael diaz there did i go. not say that I you did, did not say it <laughs> what's going on michael
1: uh, not much. Well, actually, a lot. It's been a busy weekend, but
0: it was a good weekend. How about you? Yeah, good. Just you know, get outside a little bit today, yesterday. Uh, we got bad, well, some storms that came in tonight. So good timing. So,
1: obviously, you're now in North Carolina, right? South, South Carolina, South Carolina. Sorry,
0: the worst Carolina. Right? <laughs> so where um, i but... at, you'd be actually very surprised. Where no, I'm at. where you're at is nice. Yeah. The politics, however. No, but anything. I mean, the, I mean, even the uh, where we're at is kind of like um, I don't know how to explain it. It's like the Ann Arbor of Charles of of South Carolina.
1: Gotcha, understood.
0: So, we'll leave it at that.
1: Well, my question was actually nothing to do political. So, of course, we've already had a tangent. But coming from Michigan, you know that most weather comes, not all, but most comes from west to east. So, you know, when storms are coming, it's usually coming off of Lake Michigan. Not always. Sometimes we get a surprise and the storm comes from the east. But what's it like there in South Carolina? Is it all coming off the ocean? Is it coming No, No, no.
0: It still goes west to east. Okay. But if it comes off the ocean, that's when you don't want to be here.
1: Yes. So you know, uh-huh. so I'm assuming it mostly comes off the ocean when there's hurricanes, right?
0: Well, when it, yeah, when there's a system coming up that way. Well, not necessarily a hurricane, but yeah. From, from, what what storm or from what I'm learning, from what yeah. But most of the, like we that we got all the heat from Texas and stuff. This whole last, like it's all coming that way down. I, I sound like an old man, but
1: I'm going to talk about the weather. <laughs> you are an old man. I am an old. Hey, you know, the last week, week and a half, we've been hearing all these, you know, stories about record heat, and so far, Michigan has dodged that bullet. Thank you, Great Lakes. But, oh, man, we got at least two, if not three 90-plus degrees days coming up this week, and I'm not looking forward to it.
0: We've had uh, 23. No.
1: no, uh, Sorry. That's too many.
0: It's fine. I'll, call, I'll talk to you in February.
1: I don't mind the snow. Like I said, oh, it, makes I me feel, it makes me feel like I'm on Hoth.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't want to be on Hoth either. Well, I'd like to go once just to say I went to Hoth. Once. Once. Yeah, but when it's but, June and it's still snowing, no. You know,
1: it's not so bad. Okay, I, I work almost 100% remote now, so I don't have to drive in this shit. I mean, yeah, you have to get groceries every so often, but it's not as bad. And honestly, the winter's a lot more mild than they were even like 10, 15 years ago.
0: Well, at least that's why I'm keeping the house. When the global warming really hits, then like Michigan's going to be the prime property.
1: There you go. You're going to have easy access to fresh water.
0: Yeah. I'll take it. Mean, It'll be all taken from the government, right? (laughs) Wow, this decidedly went bad. Why don't we get into the news? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know it's a movie you're eager to see,
1: Joe. What do you think about that new Marvel's trailer? God,
0: not looking forward to it. Are you? I think I'm not that. uh, That's not that. I'm going to avoid it. I mean, I look forward to all Marvel movies, but this just looks meh. It looks like Marvel's in trouble. I'm sorry, they're in trouble. Hmm. The stuff's not. It's not hitting. I don't know what happened to um, Feige, but nothing's cohesive. It's all over the place. Um, this trailer looks horrible. It looks like it was actually made for Disney+. Plus. It doesn't even look like a full-fledged movie to me. Um, really? Yeah, it looks terrible. It looks absolutely horrid. It has you know, nothing to do with being women. I, like that has nothing to do with that. I don't. Well, I don't want people to, to misconstrue that. I, I, right. I really don't. I, it just does not look good.
1: I have to admit, I wasn't super hyped for Captain Marvel when it was first announced, but when we saw it in the theater, I really enjoyed it. Now, I really movie. still don't get why it had to be a '90s film. I just don't get that.
0: I guess this show, she was out there already and had to do an origin story. Like, where has she been this whole time? I mean, you know, I think it's fine. That was a good movie. It was a very, very good movie. It This was. one, however, looks terrible. I wouldn't go that far. I don't... I mean, don't get me wrong. They could be great.
1: Previews sometimes just aren't cut right. That's true. That's true. I'm excited. I like the characters involved. I liked Miss Marvel. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good show.
0: I think it started good and landed horribly.
1: Okay, but... I don't know. I'm I think I'm less negative about this than you are. Uh that doesn't mean I'm right. It could be I fully admit if I go in and see it and I think it's shit, I'll say it's shit. That said, I hear you. Marvel's not doing as well as they have been. Everything isn't getting knocked out of the park. But from my experience, I know people kind of, you know, ding-dong Ant-Man and there's valid reasons
0: to I still really liked it. I liked the Ant-Man movie. So, but I saw it, I didn't have the, ex, I guess I saw it after everybody said it wasn't that good, so my expectations were lowered, and then That's I saw true. it, and I enjoyed it. Um, now, I have, I have not, to admit, you, I'm
1: not, like, super excited for this film. Like, I'm telling you, when I'm looking at films coming out this fall or late this summer, right now, the movie that I'm most anticipating is uh, The Creator.
0: Yeah, that looks really good. I actually, I really want to see Barbie and Oppenheimer. Like, we, we were going to try and do something, this weekend. we just didn't, there was just too much going on, but. Uh, Michelle won't see Oppenheimer, but I want to see it in the theater. I kind of want to see it. Well, we're in one of
1: here in Michigan in Grand Rapids. Um, we're one of like 19 locations. that's actually showing it on a 70 millimeter IMAX.
0: Oh, wow. That'd be so, That'll be cool to see it. You got to kind of do that.
1: I kind of want to do that, but also, but that's, a, that's a nice chunk of time. Right. So I,
0: is it like a two and a half? I don't know how, what the chunk it's is. A, it's
1: a Nolan movie. So, you know, it's at least, at yeah. least two and a half, three hours. Yeah. Um, if it's
0: good, it doesn't matter.
1: No, it doesn't. Um, But I'm just saying I I don't – I didn't have that kind of time this weekend, right? Right. So I do want to see it. If I do see it, I want to see it on IMAX because that's how it was in – that's how he shot it. Like, for a movie like that, and again, Avatar, which I know you're not a fan, but the Avatar films, this film, certain films are filmed with IMAX and are filmed – for that format right so i they i feel they deserve to be seen in that format now if you can do it yeah yes exactly like but like when i saw attack of the clones and they put it on imax that movie was not filmed in imax for imax they had to cut some of the movie out which actually it made the movie move along at a better pace and i thought i thought but <laughs> because it wasn't filmed for imax like when there are the battle scenes on geonosis It it was across, you couldn't see the entire battle. Right. Because it wasn't filmed in IMAX. So you got something from the left shooting at something to the right. And you're like, what? What? I I can't see both sides because the screen's that huge. Whereas Avatar during the battle scenes, Cameron knows that you can't take in the entire screen. And I'm assuming Nolan knows when he's doing these shots, you know, his special effects, he's going to put most of it in the center so everyone can see it. That's why I want to see an IMAX.
0: Yeah, I'd be curious to see what it looks like on a regular screen. I assume he, knowing that most people can't see an IMAX, I would assume there's a cut, they're cut differently, right. framed, framed differently. Because he's but, a big big proponent of the theater, obviously, least he would be doing what he's doing. But um, yeah. he cares about all the compositions, is what I'm saying. It's not like, right. you know, Deuce Bigelow or something.
1: <laughs> right.
0: I don't even know why that popped into my head. Deuce Bigelow on IMAX. (laughs) Wow.
1: So, yeah, new Marvel's trailer. Uh, We'll see. That's fair. That's a fair take. I can't, I enjoy the trailer, but again, I can't, I'm not going to lie and say, oh, man, I'm going to be there first weekend. I have to see it. Like when I couldn't go see Black Panther last fall right away, I was bummed. I wanted to see it. Just, I couldn't. It's, I don't think that when it comes out in November and if I can't see it that opening night i would be like, oh, man. But I will see it in the theater. I have yet to not see a Marvel film. I take that back. I didn't see Eternals in the theater, but
0: COVID. Well, I didn't see Ant-Man. I or, wanted... Black,
1: or Black Widow. I didn't see that in the theater either. Everything else I've seen in the theater.
0: Right. Well, we'll see. They're going to have to. Well, we already know that they're going to take a step back, according to Eisner. No, not Eisner. Uh, what's the Disney guy? Iger. Disney? Iger, yeah. Eisner was before Iger. That's right. All right. What's uh, So I watched this Gen V trailer. What do you um, think? I think I don't need it. I want to like, finish the boys first. And, like spin off. I try and do all these. I think they're just it's getting to be too much now. It's like a little uh, X-Men series. It's like X-Men school or something.
1: Yeah, well, feels that's what X Men is, you know. It's supposed to be, you know, the school for gifted yeah. youngsters and blah blah blah. Right. It's, I don't know. I love the boys. Uh, I know the last couple seasons. I think this last season I got way far too behind, or it was maybe it was the season before, and I had to play pay a lot of catch up. Play play a lot of catch up. Yeah, we never but talked about it because
0: you were so far behind.
1: I know, and I I loved the seasons. I, they're so good. I I don't know how I got behind. Oh yeah, because Michelle doesn't watch it, so I can only watch it, you know, by myself and right. yada yada. I love the boys. It's a great show, but like everything else, you got to expand the universe, right? Well, some universes don't need to be expanded. So it looks violent. It looks like it's going to be over the top, and yes, it's going to be teenagers. But and apparently, this is going to be telling like a concurrent story. I think, I don't know if it's to this upcoming season or to the last season, but that's kind of like the timeline. It looks interesting. I'll probably throw it on at some point, but I, if it's just being grotesque and over the top to be over the top, I I don't know if I need that. I mean, I get that's part of the boys,
0: right? but there is a story there as well. It's well, not- there should be. But I I don't know if I'm going to jump on it. We'll see. I'll maybe watch the first episode. There's just so much that I don't know if that's going to be one I'm going to jump on.
1: And that's fair. That's fair. Looks interesting, but not enough for me to say yes. This is must see TV.
0: Right. Well, I'll tell you what. Whatever's in the can now, we're going to have to watch because there's going to be nothing for a good eight months. At some point, there's going to be just nothing out there with the strike. Like planning of reality television. there <laughs> will be a ton of that. there will be a ton of that. Like, you're not going to see, like, you know, last of a, all the stuff that we want to like, you know, Andor's even on pause now. Like, nothing's going to be on time. Nothing's, you know, we've got Ahsoka, and that's going to be it for Star Wars for quite some time. Because even with the strike, they can't write the new Star Wars movie. So those are all going to be pushed back another year. Uh, I should yeah. probably get my Social Security by the time the next Star Wars movie comes out.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So... You know, we're, we're, they don't, you know, just when they, I'm not picking anyone, but it just seems like just when the movie theater has just started kicking back up, you know, they're going to get hit again. So, well, the streamers will be fine. They'll put some reality thing on. They'll be there. They'll do documentaries or whatever. Um, But the cinemas, the actual movie theaters where people were not going, started coming back. I guess, you know, Barbie's doing well this weekend, like really well, best so far of the year and uh even oppenheimer's yeah, like 75 80 million dollars this weekend well uh, even oppenheimer broke some records too so right so people were I starting go am
1: IMAX specific but yes these you know people are starting to come back you know people like indiana Jones. people aren't coming to the theater anymore but then these two come out you know barbenheimer and people right. are coming
0: well i think they're looking for new things i mean uh, i think you, you can't do all old ips and we talked about that last week so yep. last week that came out today is now the recording <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny well maybe by the time people listen to this it will be a week exactly so anyways
1: we shall see about v. Well, speaking about not watching movies for a while so apparently uh, Warner Brothers is kind of worried about not having stuff to put out and now they're talking about delaying some of their films such as Dune 2 and Aquaman 2 now take this with a grain of salt none of this has been confirmed as yes they are moving the dates but it is something that apparently has been discussed knowing that their slate is going to clear up here if the strike goes much longer
0: right well dune 2 is in the can aquaman i heard was like so bad they might not release it at all we'll see we'll see but i don't want them to
1: delay dune i want to see it this fall i'm looking forward to it yeah me too i don't want to wait a year just because uh some major corporation needs to uh, basically extend their uh, profits.
0: Well, that's what corporations
1: do. Well, capitalism's flawed.
0: <laughs> well, All governments are flawed.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, capitalism is government. That's business.
0: Exactly. Well, we'll so, see what happens there. I mean, everything is going to be late. There's going to be nothing. Well, I think we're, we're gonna. I'm gonna have plenty of time to watch Daredevil season three. There'd be no excuses. We'll go back. You, you could be, You could have been watching. Like I said, Rebels. Two episodes a day. It's forty minutes. Dude, I'm trying to finish my book. We'll
1: get a to. Book's next gonna next. be there. Book will always be no, there. The words are there. Book is from the library. I've only got a few days left.
0: Uh, how far are you in? We'll get to that when we get to my. Uh, book. So you didn't even read it. <laughs> no,
1: I'll get to that. Oh, okay. right. I've, I've read it. All
0: right. Well, go ahead. Your next piece here.
1: Well, speaking of books, this one's just on my radar because I'm a huge fan of the Red Rising series. I've mentioned it here many times. The whole gist is basically a hierarchical society about a thousand, two thousand years in the future where the golds are the top and they're like gods and the lowest working class are the reds and they do all the scut work. Something about robots could not be controlled as well, and there was a rebellion or something, so people do all the hard work. and The whole entire series is about a red that becomes a gold. They explained that right in the beginning of the first book. Anyhow, there was a first trilogy. It's amazing. Their author, Pierce Brown, waited a couple years, came back out with what was supposed to be a second trilogy. But apparently the story is so long... Um, that he has now split it into four books. So the third book is coming out on the on July 25th. It was originally supposed to be the final book in the second trilogy, but now it's the the penultimate book because another book's coming yet. And I can't wait. I'm excited so much so, Joe, that uh, I reserved it from the library. First person to reserve it. So the first copy that comes into Kent County or the Kent District Library is coming to me. Once Once it comes in on Tuesday, it's going to be processed. You'll do their thing and they'll put it in their system. And then I'll get an email saying it's waiting for you at the library to come pick up. And I will grab it. So that's why I'm reading my other book. But we'll get to that in a sec. All right. So, yeah. Lightbringer by Pierce Brown comes out Tuesday, July
0: 25th. All right. Well, it looks like uh, you have on here DC Comics' has tripled sales since Gun and Safran has taken over. Well,
1: that's the that's the <laughs> highlight, the sensationalized uh, uh, headline I came across. I read into the article a little bit deeper. And, uh, you know, head of DC. Went from Com- one
0: copy to three
1: copies. <laughs> Comic sales are doing well. Anyway, Jim Lee. One of the uh, heads over there at DC Comics, the head, really, of DC Comics, uh, did say that some select titles have tripled in sales since *Gun and Saffron have taken over DC's studios. So that's nothing to sneeze at because, no. you know, a, a good seller, had, you know, I'm thinking it's probably one of the bigger books, which is probably dropping around 60, 70,000 issues a month as it is. Which is actually not a lot of comics back in the heyday. It was way more, but those those top tier books are anywhere from like sixty to one hundred thousand, you know, uh, issues a month. If they're tripling that, one eighty on up, come on, that is that is huge sales in comics.
0: Yeah, it's good stuff. So, we'll see. I mean, I mean, James Gunn's got a lot to prove, um, as we talked last week about what what's, what's going to happen with Superman and all the different heroes that are in it. Um. We shall see.
1: Yeah, it's it's a good sign in that the audience is interested. They're soaking up those comics that he has mentioned that are a lot of these movies are going to be based on. I'm assuming it's going to be the you know the Supergirl trade that you know came out this last year. Mm-hmm. Um, the Authority they've re-released the first twelve issues of the Authority in a big paperback. Uh, what do they call them? Uh, trade paperback. I almost bought it, but I have all the original issues and I already have the 12 issues in the original trade paperbacks, the individual ones that took up like, you know, four issues each. Right. I have them. So I like, I have these and can reread them easily. I don't need this other collection, but yet I'm still tempted. (laughs) All that to say, the audience is engaged, you know, people are excited. So that's, the buzz is there at least, but you can't run a studio off buzz He's going to have to deliver, and we'll see if that happens.
0: We shall see. All right, what's next on the news?
1: Uh, Next is just, uh, well, Greta Gerwig, you know, who just has a hit, you know, has a massive hit on her hands right now with Barbie. She noted, uh, yes, she's going to direct two, count them, two Narnia films for Netflix. Now, are these remakes of Lion the Witch or are they doing something different? That's what we do not know. Now, Originally, it was what Walden Entertainment, I think, or something like that. In I think the first, first two films were co-financed by Disney. So, like you know, the first one is *Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe*, and then they did right. *Prince Caspian*. Prince Caspian. Prince Caspian did not do nearly as well. It was okay, though. It wasn't that bad a movie. I enjoyed it. Uh, I loved the Narnia books as a kid, though, right? So I was all for right. it. Um,
0: but you didn't like *Lord of the Rings*. Interesting.
1: I never read them. Uh. I never read them. Um, but then they actually did a third movie. They, I don't remember how Walden did it, but they, you know, Disney was no longer a co-financer. They got some other independent financing. They did Voyage of the Dawn Treader. And I didn't even know it was out for years. In fact, it came out and I missed it. And then one day I was like, oh, that they, they filmed it. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> so all that to say, no one knows if they're going to pick up right after that. Uh, don't quote me on this, but I think the fourth book is supposed to be what? Uh, the Horse and His Boy? I You know what? I never got past Prince Caspian reading, so. I eventually read them all. The funny thing is, I read them all, but the final book, like either middle school or high school, probably middle school, I'd read them all, except for The Last Battle. Mm. And at some point, I was in college. I was taking a, a class for like young, young adult lit. And I had the opportunity. It was an assignment read one of these books. I was like, hey, I never finished it. I'm going to finish. I'm going to read The Last Battle right now. And I sat down and read it in a night. It's a quick read. And uh, it wasn't as good as the rest of the books. It was all right.
0: It was all right. Well, I remember, I mean, the movie, when it came out, I don't remember when Lion, Witch came out 2010 or something. I don't know when it came out. It did pretty well at the box office, I think. Yeah, The first one did pretty well enough
1: that they said, Yes, let's do a second. Yeah, and like I said, I enjoyed the second film not as much as the first, but I still enjoyed it. But apparently, the audience was not there. And then, yeah, I mean, when Disney says we're not going to finance you anymore because we don't think you're going to make money, it was probably right. the death knell. They got another film. So, all that to say, uh, no news yet on as to whether she's rebooting the Narnia universe or if she's just going to jump in because technically, you know, those first three films are about, you know, the first film, the first two films are about the original set of kids. But by Voyage of the Dawn Treader, they move on to the younger kids and their cousin. The two older ones are now too old to go back to Narnia, right? Right. So I think with the fourth book, I, if I don't remember, if I remember correctly, I think it's a time jump into a different era of Narnia. So theoretically, and then, or maybe it's the fifth book, but one of them is like the Magician's Nephew, which goes back, and you find out that the old man who was, you know, um, letting the kids live there, you know, taking care of the kids, and they were there because of World War II and blah blah blah. You find out the old man, his his uh, his uncle was a magician that first discovered Narnia. Mm. He lives in the same house. So it. both of these, both the next two books are big time jumps backward. So they don't necessarily have to have anything to do with the, the cast that we last saw 10-ish years ago. So theoretically, they could tell these next stories and it fit. They don't have to. Or who knows? We don't know.
0: So I think you, uh, one piece of news. So we're on our last Piece of news: uh, San Diego Comic Con. I'm not sure what you have in there, but I you didn't write it down. But I'm assuming yeah, I, I
1: put that in there as a placeholder in case there's anything that really. Pops. Well, there's a couple. Yes.
0: There's a couple. So go ahead. Um, uh, DC Studios. I'm not sure if you knew this, but uh, announced two animated movies coming out. One of them, Watchmen, based off the original. Really, even after yeah. they've already done the film. Yeah, but that film's not exactly like the comic. It's pretty close. It's close, but, you know, I'm fine seeing it as an animated. I think it'd be fantastic. I'm happy.
1: Oh, yeah, I'll watch it as animated. It'll probably hue closer to the comics because, you know, the the, the art in the comics, it was very nine panel boom, boom, boom. That would translate very well to animation.
0: Yeah, it it says it's going to be, well, from what people are thinking, it's going to be a straight up. Uh, adaption of of the books which would be awesome or maybe they're doing it with the sequel comics which i never finished which i but i own them all um or the, yeah you know, the Watchmen, the the that just came out like last year like 12 12 of them
1: it's more like two or three years ago at this point joe
0: is it really uh yes. and because <laughs> i have them too and they're in a box somewhere to my right here allegedly too that they're coming out with Uh, an animated version of Crisis on Infinite Earths. Oh, I'd be into that too. So those are two. um, If anything DC gets right is their animation department.
1: Yeah, I will say 100% their animation has been better until Marvel Studios took over the animation with like, What If, which I know you didn't love. The, The movies they did before were just, they weren't expected to be considered canon in any way, shape, or form. So Marvel just put out movies or whatever. Not that DC were considered canon, but they seem to have a better polish to them, better cast, more better scripts, right?
0: Right. They seem so, to put the time in.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So
0: I'm all for this. I really am. It could be good. It could be good. So that's that's what I got out of the Comic-Con that was worth anything to me anyways.
1: Um, I'll just say about this Comic-Con, it's... It's weird. I mean, I get it. This is like one of the... a lot. Some comic book companies like DC didn't show up last year, which was the first Comic-Con, you know, kind of post-COVID, right? Right. So everyone was so excited for this year. All these stars are going to be there. And then the SAG strike happened, which support the actors, support the writers. 100% not saying we shouldn't. But they can't promote anything now. So it's... It's been a far more comics-based right. Comic-Con, which I'm not against. I mean, Comic-Con, when it started in the late 70s, early 80s, I think early 80s, you know, maybe it was in a basement somewhere with like a couple thousand people showed up. And I get that it's become this multimedia juggernaut, and that's where all the buzz is and stuff, but there is a part of me, the inner nerd, that's like, I'm glad this
0: year that it's more focused on comics. That makes sense. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's got to get it back to there, a lot of those places. A lot of the um, big studios are pulling out of that anyways to do their own thing. You know, Disney D twenty. Like they're not giving the power to a third party, right? Which is foolish, in my opinion. I know they want to make the money, but sometimes it's good to have. You know, your fans create something.
1: I mean, D twenty three. Okay, that can make sense just because of the you know breadth of IP that Disney owns, but. Years ago, I went to Celebration. I don't remember which Celebration it was. It was the one that was in Indianapolis. I remember that only because it was drivable, right? hmm And I got a press pass to go to it for three days. Now, I had been to comic book cons, comic book conventions many times, especially Wizard World, which was at the time the second largest in the world. And I would go all three days and love it, all three days, go to panels and stuff. My experience with Celebration was okay. After a day, I'm done. I would go all three days, but I was like, unless there was some panel you really had to hit, it wasn't like I mean, it's all Star Wars all the time. And if that's what you want, that's fine. But I have many, 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 many geek interests. I couldn't find that Star Wars could keep my attention for a full three days alone.
0: Yeah, mine. So. It did for me, but well, that's not it.
1: to be fair, Celebration has gotten bigger, and yeah, one in Chicago going. was awesome. Yes, so you know now they do it. How often do they do the celebration now? Every
0: it's not every year, it's, is it? It's shotgun. They did two years in a row. Now they'll stop, and they'll you know what I mean. So gotcha. who, knows? who knows? So that's just me.
1: So D twenty three could be, but you know, like I said, I I've always dreamed of going to see San Diego Comic Con, but. I, do, I crunch the numbers, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, that's a hugely expensive trip. Very. But you got to get tickets, which you might not get, and that's the lottery for that. And then you probably may not get a hotel room because they all go the same day. Right. And then, I'm sorry, I'm almost 50 years old. I'm not sleeping on a floor anymore <laughs> with eight other people in the room. No. But on top of that, not I no. buy a lot of geek stuff. You know how much I'm paying shipping to get all that stuff back. Chicago was easier because I could drive a car, buy a bunch of stuff, bring it back to where I was staying. Well, you could Maybe drive to California. I'm not driving to San Diego, but you can. I could. Three-hour drive to Chicago is much more manageable.
0: I don't know. At least nobody's getting anywhere in, air, in airports right now. No, <laughs> nobody's working. Um, all right, let's move on. We've we've got a lot to talk about still. So, uh, jump into your geek this week, Michael.
1: Well, as as uh, Joe has uh, alluded to, yes, I'm still reading To Sleep in a Sea of Stars. I'm now somehow, somehow, somewhere in the 600-page range or something. I'm like 70% through this book. I'm trying to finish it, but man, is it long. This book, I'm certain to think, is way too long. But as soon as I'm done with it, like I said, Lightbringer comes out the 25th. It's got to go be processed through the library, so it'll probably be ready for me late this week so i still have time to finish this book before it comes out because that's gonna that's gonna eat up all my free time which means i can't watch daredevil season three
0: no you can't or rebels (laughs) or rebels all right about you joe well my geek this week uh besides not reading anything um i did watch the uh i've been too busy uh the d there's a new dc documentary on max Uh, it was a three episode Documentary, which is pretty good. It's it's okay. It it's hard not to see it for a giant commercial for what is already streaming on Max because they kind of jump to the new movies a little bit quick. But they get into the history of DC, but they don't pull any punches either. They pull on how like Marvel kicked their ass uh, back in the day in the '60s, late '60s, and stuff like that when DC was like stuck in the '50s mindset and Disney and Marvel did a certain you know humanized. Their heroes and do those kind of things. Um, it did reflect to me. I got through episode two. There's one more left. It did reflect to me that really the best time that I know in my lifetime for DC is like 85 to like 98. You know, like that. Those were like major milestones in comic books. When you get Dark Knight Returns, you get Watchmen. You get oh yeah, the, the way things have changed. They 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 did a great job at that particular time. Um. But, you know, you've got Patty Jenkins in this. You've got you've got a lot of people in this documentary that are talking. And um, and how much, like, the Richard Donner film meant at the time, the first Superman, um, was a huge investment. Uh, oh, I'm sure.
1: I mean, I don't know. You can almost talk about superhero films in eras, right? You've got the Superman-Donner era.
0: And then- 78 to- Right, right. 82, 83, 84, somewhere like that. I can't remember. And
1: then comic book movies kind of suck until Batman in the late 80s, right? Another 10 years later. 1989. That's right. And then that's kind of it until what? The X-Men in 2000? Was that it?
0: Uh, Until Spider-Man.
1: Spider-Man. I'll give you Spider-Man. Yeah, that was genre shifting right there. Yeah. Spider-Man finally showed us that. Yeah, you're right. The first Spider-Man, the Raimi Spider-Man. That showed huge. This is what comic book movies could be, and yeah. without that film, we wouldn't have the MCU how it is now. No,
0: no, no. But the so, point yeah. is, is, like, it's a, it's a decent documentary. I learned a lot. Um, they they did. I mean, like I said, they 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 didn't really paint over too many things and how they. I'm, I'm not done yet, but uh, um, through the basic corporateness of it, um, and. The, you know if you watch this documentary you realize it's basically two women that have saved that company like allowing people to do certain things and create new things uh it was the women that uh and, and i wish i could remember their names but i just watched it and i didn't take notes um just kind of came up so and i'm not quite into the names uh, of any I mean, comic people like i don't even know guys names other than like alan moore you know it's like okay great i know well, that the
1: longest time i think the eic there was what paul levitz
0: I, yeah i don't know sure
1: but uh, I think you. I think one of the women you're probably thinking of, and I can't remember her name is, is it Catherine something or no? Are you talking about the woman that kind of uh, spearheaded the launch of? Um,
0: She's the second woman. Vertigo. A Vertigo, a Vertigo. She's the second one of this. It was her yeah. boss that from DC that gave her the leeway to go do it. Yes. Without um,
1: Vertigoing. Vertigo helped bring about a much more mature era of comics right at the right, right time.
0: Right. Um, you know they got into the nitty gritty, even like Sandman and Alan Moore. Was it Alan, no, Neil Gaiman, rather. Sorry, and Sandman, where they gave him, like, he found this character, obscure character, and created a whole new. Because, um, like, I guess Sandman was an old character. They didn't do Very anything. Old. They didn't do anything with it, and he just like said, "Well, what if he was trapped this whole time?" And that started the whole story. Like, like he, you know, and it was interesting how he got to that um, and why he wasn't in the universe this whole time. Between that comic and when he was coming his out. When his was coming out, I should say. But it's good. It's uh, worth a watch. But it is a little bit... It steers a little bit into what Max is uh, streaming all the time. Like, you know, there's way too much talk about the Aquaman movie. I don't know.
1: But Karen Berger, by the way.
0: Karen Berger was her name. Yes, that's the person.
1: I haven't seen it, so I don't know who the other woman is you're talking about. But I think I know... I think I know who you're talking about. I think she was basically the other side of the coin of Paul, if I remember correctly. I can't remember her name off the top of my head. I, but I know she was in the 80s, I think, late 70s, early 80s. 80s. Yep. I know I know who she is, and I'm sure as soon
0: as we're done recording, I'll go,
1: oh, so-and-so.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Um, anyways, that's mine. Um, so before we get to the main topics, let me just jump right over to our Patreon page. If you'd like to give us a little shout-out there, go to patreon.com slash kybercast and check out that all right michael let's do this let's talk star trek strange new worlds first we've got two episodes uh but a third one came out today which is or well the seventh of this series or this uh season came out yesterday sorry uh the 22nd i didn't know that was coming out i would have watched it but uh the two that we are going to talk about are charades and lost in translation well i put them Uh, on there did we talk
1: about charades last week i think we did a bit didn't we the whole spock being human and all that
0: Yeah, I think we did.
1: Okay. So I think we can focus on Lost in Translation. I'm going to have you start. Because you texted me first thing yesterday after you saw it.
0: And just get the ball rolling, Joe. Oh, I'm like, why even have Pike in the show? He's he's, he's, he's one of my favorite characters. They've done shit with him this whole season. They've given more screen time to Kirk than Kirk. Ever is fucking needed in this ep- this series. He's had two main episodes more than Pike. Like why? Why even have him? Why have Pike? Kill him now and put Kirk in there and do what you want to do, anyways. Um, it's it's the show is really getting to me because it's just fucking another terrible episode. Um, <laughs> it, it. I liked the first season, but this was just like, I don't know. It's like every, there's no, absolutely zero reason to have Kirk in this episode when Pike could have done everything that Kirk did. Zero reason. Other than like, to have they got Kirk in this episode for the last fucking shot of the episode. That's why they had Kirk in this episode. So you had that shot. No other reason, period. Okay. So let me start with the positive. There wasn't any.
1: I like this episode. It's fine. You like them all, but that's okay. I don't like them all. I want to like them all. I like this one just fine. And, okay, is it my favorite of the season? No. Gun to my head, this is my least favorite of the season. This episode right here. That's not necessarily a mark against the episode. I thought it was fine. It's a standard Star Trek episode where, you know, some new alien is encountered that they haven't encountered before. I mean, there's... Next Gen had, you know, we encountered aliens that weren't based on carbon. They were based on something else. And we've seen other aliens like this. They've other been like that have transcendent somehow or intradimensional. So, again, pure Star Trek. That's not what I have a problem with. But I have to agree with you 100%. When, when you texted me that first, you know, on Saturday, you know, it got me thinking... I was like, all right, I'm I'm ready, I'm ready to have the opposite opinion of Joe, just because <laughs> I know I've been enjoying this season, right? More than you. Yeah. So I went in thinking, oh, I'm gonna think the opposite of Joe. I'm probably gonna watch this episode and go, oh, it was great. I, I'm not gonna lie, it was not
0: great. It was fine. I, I enjoyed it, but it's not I, my favorite. This was, this I like that they were focusing on O'Hura. She had her it was like her episode. But then her take, takes everything away from it.
1: Right. See, again, I don't have a problem with that either. So let's not, let's make it clear. My problem isn't that it's an Uhura episode. I like that this series, very similar to Next Generation, and I'm going to say this over and over again over the course of the series, similar to Next Generation, they take the time to do characters specifically. Yeah, that's episodes. cool. I don't mind that part of it. I love it. And I like this take on Uhura. Mm-hmm. I like her. So. Let's get let's make that clear. That's not my problem with the episode.
0: It's not mine either.
1: Exactly. And I'm not saying it was, uh, but just so we're clear, yes, we don't have a problem with a woman of color being the focus of this episode. She was good. Her She's acting was good. fantastic. It was an interesting episode, but- You had sent me a message saying they're trying their hardest. It's like they're trying to just get to the original cast, original crew, as fast as they can. Why don't they just skip to that? And I was like, well, maybe not. But then I watch this episode. And, again, I agree with you 100%. This would have been a much stronger episode, narratively, if Pike did everything Kirk did in this episode. Yeah. Well, he's the captain. I don't disagree with you. I think Pike, he is charming. He is what people like about this show. Him showing up in Discovery in season two is what got people interested. And it was kind of a backdoor pilot for this Mm -hmm. series. And people were into it. And we've got the series. Season one was great. I liked this season a lot too. But you're right. They could have built on that. Kirk did not need to be in this episode except for two things. The very brief interaction he had with Noonie and Singh, which didn't have to happen this episode. No, it didn't. Right. They could have waited even further episodes. That could be something they could even bring back in season three or four because, I mean, it's obvious she fell in love with him. So to have him show up at another point in time and twist that dagger, that could be something recurring. It didn't have to happen this episode. And then, again, I agree with you. That scene at the end where you find out that Spock also finds Kirk's brother annoying. And he's like, why don't you join us? Okay, I get it. This is the very first instance where Kirk and Spock become friends, right? I get they're laying that down. They didn't have to do that episode, this episode either because you, now I'm like, okay, here we have Uhura. We have Kirk. We have Spock. You know, basically half of the original series crew bonding. Yes, we know it has to happen at some point. But why season two? It was it was a bad choice to make Kirk the other protagonist instead of Pike. I agree with you.
0: He just sucks up all the space. Like It's not about him, but they made two episodes mostly about him.
1: I didn't have the problem. I didn't have the problem. I didn't have a problem with the Noonie and Singh episode where they went back in time. I know you don't like the going back in time thing, but again, it's Star Trek. They do it all the time. I liked that episode just because it showed a different iteration of Kirk, who is still pretty much the same, but then added this weird layer where Kurt Noonien Singh could be who she was, you know, with not all that emotional baggage or, you know, being people knowing, you know, because in, in this Kirk's world, Khan never became the warlord that he did and caused World War III. Um, She didn't have to live with that baggage in his eyes. And he, liked her for her and didn't have any preconceived notions of who she was just based on her name. I liked all that. And in that particular episode, it worked. I liked, I'm not a huge fan of this actor that's playing Kirk. I mean, nothing wrong with him. I just, do we need another Kirk? Why do they keep hinting at fucking Kirk being captain? I don't care about that. I want to focus on Pike and this crew that is right now.
0: I think that they're worried that they're not making the money that they want to on the streaming stuff. They're not getting the viewers they want, so they're trying to get to the original cast somehow. Or not cast, the original characters uh, as quickly as possible so they can do... I think they may remake every episode. I, I think it's in the back of their head to remake every episode that was from the 60s and just start to jumpstart it.
1: I I hope that's not the case. I really do. I don't... I I have to say... Sometimes reboots are good, sometimes they're not. But they've already, in my eyes, they've already rebooted Star Trek. They rebooted it t- fucking ten years ago, thirteen years ago, with the JJ Abrams, you know, Abrams versus Kelvin. But, versus- but
0: like, either like or dislike what he did with it. Like, if you're a Trekkie or not a Trekkie, getting into timelines. The only, the, the one thing that I don't think anybody would ever argue is that he casted it really well. You mean
1: like he did cast it well or didn't?
0: I think J.J. Abrams casted it very well. Like yeah, regardless of what 100%. You, if, you, if, you, if you don't like the stories or you don't like what it did to the timeline, I get it. But at the end of the day, he casted it really fucking incredibly
1: well. I agree. I agree. Everyone was fantastic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. N- I mean, no arguments there. Carl Urban was a great bones. It was just, they were, I really liked that cast.
1: I agree. But I'm not. I mean, yes, I get that now Hollywood will reboot things in less than 10 years. It happens. I mean, even Spider-Man was rebooted less than the last many reboot. times. Right. I get that. But I have really not any interest in seeing another rebooted TV cast of the original series cast. I just, it's probably going to happen at some point and I, I I accept that they're going to reboot it again at some point. They're just going to, it's, it's, you know, what a 60, almost 60 year old franchise at this point, people keep aging out. They're going to have to reboot it. I get that. I just don't want to see that. No, the first season of strange new worlds was fan fucking tastic. I'm not saying they have to repeat that this season, but learn what worked from that first season and keep doing that. Don't keep trying to bring in all these other members of the original cast. Okay, so, so we heard Scotty's voice at the end of the season one finale. And right. people got excited. And that was fine to just have that. But then literally like a couple of weeks later, they said, oh, uh, this so-and-so, I can't remember her name, Carol Kane, is that her name? Right. She's now the head of engineering on the Enterprise. Sweet. I'm glad. I'm, I'm okay with the Scotty. Kind of winking a nudge Easter egg, he's not coming on board yet. We know he'll come on board eventually, not today, and I'm okay with that. I I don't need to keep seeing Kirk. He's not the character we're focused on right now. It's supposed they to be are this. Pike they are been. this
0: year though. Like like Pike has, Pike's character has done nothing.
1: He hasn't done much. You're right. I mean, the most amazing, we've seen yeah. is that you know he he defended obviously his. Uh, he wanted to help defend his number one. And then obviously he had his issues with, you know, the woman he loves and blah, blah, blah. Yeah,
0: the memory the memory episode.
1: That was good. Give what us more saying? Pike. Give us more Pike.
0: Yeah, it was just, yeah. So
1: I I, did, I figured this was going to be a shorter episode because you and I agree 100% of this, I think. Well, not 100%. I still like the episode. But I agree. Pike should have had just about every scene that Kirk had. And it would have been a much stronger episode for this cast if they had done that.
0: Yep. We'll see what happens. I guess uh, your buddy Jonathan Frakes is the director of episode. <laughs> not, why is he my buddy? <laughs> well he's next gen, right? Isn't that your that's your peeps. But that's that's your that's like
1: don't get me wrong, I do love Jonathan Frakes. Okay. But as the the most attachment you have to Star Trek I think is Next Gen.
0: No, the and most attachment I have to Star Trek is like Wrath of Khan.
1: Well that is a good film.
0: I mean, I just I just liked it the movie theater. That's that's like, yeah. That's that's the biggest. I didn't. I, didn't, I never had any great connection to Star Trek. It's I just, thought you watched all of Next Gen. No, no. Like, well, watch it here and there. I never watched all of it.
1: Oh, well, my bad.
0: Yeah. No, I. You're not you know, a and You're okay with it. No, I'm totally okay with it. One hundred percent okay with it. I think they can be better. I think they can be smarter. I think they can do different things. And I I think that. This season of Strange New Worlds has done nothing new for the, the franchise. In fact, it just keeps taking old things and re kind of hashing them the same way it's always been done, to your point of saying, well, they always do that in Star Trek. They always go back in a season. They like How about not always doing something? How about taking the time to push the boundaries like the original series did? Like push it, like take it to a spot that you don't think it's going to go. Like, like none of the, I can tell you this. The reboot of Battlestar Galactica is a million times better than anything that Paramount's put out for Star Trek in the last five years.
1: Well, I can't argue with you there. I,
0: Battlestar Galactica was one of my favorite
1: series of all time.
0: It's great, right? Like, they pushed it. Like, they didn't try to make the 70s show. Thank God. Right. Well, I liked that as a kid. When I was a little kid, it was fun. Oh, well, I liked it
1: as you know? a kid, too, but once I once I grew up and rewatched, it, I'm like, the battles are this? always right. the same. Yeah. It was the it's same yeah. Same five shots because they didn't have a and, budget.
0: And half of them was them taking off. Um, yes. <laughs> we need to fill 30 seconds. Yeah. Let's launch the fighters. <laughs> yes, exactly. But the point is, is they pushed it, right? They said, what can we do differently? And they're not doing anything differently anymore on this, this series. Like they keep doing old tropes that, that Star Trek has played and they're shoehorning characters in to get to somewhere. Like I know because the, what sells is Kirk, Spock, McCoy, um, Chekhov, O'Hara, O'Hara, you know what I mean? Scotty, like these. Sulu. Sulu. Like those are the ones, those are the names, right? That's the Luke, Leia, Han. like,
1: right.
0: That's what they're trying to get to because they're in trouble. But they don't know how to make this. They don't know how to make Star Trek sell. Well, I haven't seen the streaming numbers. I don't know that they're in trouble. I,
1: I think, by far, Strange New Worlds is the cream of the crop as far as it comes to Star Trek. It's better than Discovery. I mean, up until its third season, Picard was a turd. So, it is the best, but is it doing enough numbers to get that flagship you know, series? I don't think they're getting new subscribers, put it that way. Well, if they wanted to build on it, you're right. They're doing it the wrong way, in my opinion. Do
0: something different, like push it. I'm not saying to like you... use cuss words and things like that. Like the last, like Discovery wanted to. Um, I'm I'm, good. I, I'm I'm not against.
1: it. I mean, that was one nice thing that was interesting about Deep Space Nine, and I won't go for it too far into it. But you know, Next Generation was basically a modern take on the original series, and actually got to go seven seasons. Deep Space Nine was different in that. It wasn't the utopia. It showed a lot, you know, on the frontier of um, the Federation, and things are not perfect. And there's war crimes, and there's there's you know war going on, and all that. And it's just it's a darker show, but it it shows you that not everything is utopia and fantastic. And I appreciate that take on Deep Space Nine. That was its different take. Then, of course, Voyager went another way, saying, you know, you, we don't have the entire Federation to rely on. We have to, you know, rely on our wits and our be able to, our ability to be diplomatic and blah, blah, blah. So each show has had its own take. So I get what you're saying. What is unique about this show? And if they keep retreading previous tropes, like you're saying, it's not giving anything new to us. And maybe that's what it needs.
0: It does need it. All right. Let's move on to uh, Secret Wars four and five. Um, since I started Star Trek, I'll let you start uh, Secret Wars. I enjoyed this last
1: episode. It's most particularly Harvest. Um, mm-hmm. I liked it, but I'm not loving this series. I mean, we're, we have one episode left, right? Right. And I was hoping for like maybe a
0: bigger buildup at this point. Well, the penultimate was like he got his costume back on at the end. Right. But did you notice the <laughs> color his hat was? Uh, I didn't pay attention. Purple. Oh, was it? A yes. little nod to.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, just, it's his favorite color. Yeah. But I'm like, he usually had a black hat on before, didn't he? And then I, I never
0: paid black attention. Black leather
1: jacket. I mean, yeah. he wears a lot of black, but his, his hat's a dark purple. I was like. Sam Jackson. In
0: little Miss nice do,
1: Right? But, um, I mean, it's it's been fun. It's been a spy show. I've enjoyed it. I love Olivia Colman in this. She is... She's the best character, right? She is the best. She is far more badass than
0: Fury is in this show right now, and it's his show. Can we... But, but Go ahead. Let's give a little credit to Samuel L. Jackson. He's like 74, 75 he is, years He's old. still a badass. I wouldn't mess with him. I didn't think but, he was that old. I thought he was like sixty something. Like man, that, you know. But he's good for him. Coleman.
1: Every episode she's been in, which is I think all of them, she may not be the focus of that episode, but every little part she's had in this, she has been phenomenal. She just fucking shot that guy. No, no hesitation, right in the head. No hesitation. I was like, that is badass. And then just, yeah. you know, even when she said, "and Nigel," and she's like, "my name's not Nigel." Oh no, he's. He's the man with the gun with the signature <laughs> in the back. Yeah. Head. There he is. Yeah. There he is. Oh no, yeah. yeah, she's great. Oh my god, she's so good in this. I'm loving her character.
0: I thought the so- last episode was probably one of the best ones out of all of them so far. But it's really a, It's such a short. Like okay, so everything's going to wrap up. And it's, no, they have built up five episodes of little things, and it's going to take an hour to wrap it up. Well, yeah, I'm wondering, or or lead to a Marvel's movie. I don't know. Who knows?
1: Yeah. That's where it kind of has – me. This, so it's not necessarily this show that I'm having the problem with. It's not even that I'm having a problem. But this, like I said, this is a seedy spy underbelly. There's a lot of questions as to when was Rhodey, you know, when did he become a scroll?
0: When did – Well, um, it's not that Rhodey's a scroll, It's a scroll took Rhodey's – like Rhodey's exactly. not dead. Like Rhodey doesn't even know, I'm assuming. Does he or does he not? Well,
1: what they've established that we saw in, like, those catacombs was basically they've kept their people alive because they keep drawing memories and stuff from them.
0: Right. So, Rhodey's captive then.
1: Exactly. I missed, but I that. We don't okay. know when that happened. I have to believe it happened after Civil War. Because did you notice in this and in um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Rhodey is not wearing a lower exoskeleton, exoskeleton like he did at the end of Civil War?
0: Well, but then by the time we got to Infinity War, I don't think he was wearing it either. I think there was other tech.
1: Well, most of the time we saw him in Infinity War, he was wearing the Iron Man suit. So he didn't necessarily right. have... I mean, because that listens to his brain anyway. Right. So it was easy. As long as he was on the suit, you don't have to explain him walking around. But my point is, I don't know. We don't know when he was a scroll, right? Exactly. We don't know when he was a scroll. We don't know when... Uh, Oh, sorry, Martin Freeman's character. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. We don't know. Was he a Skrull before or after the events of the last Black Panther movie? I mean, Marvel's creating a lot of questions now with this. And I get they're kind of retconning things a little bit. But I don't know that it fits everywhere. It all Nothing's depends fitting.
0: On... Nothing's fitting right now.
1: I mean, even when you find out about The Harvest, right, That Nick Fury had his Skrull agents, Gravic and his team, collect the DNA of all the Avengers they could. Right. I don't even have a problem with that. It sounds like a very Nick Fury thing to do because Nick Fury has contingencies built on contingencies. Right. The whole point of the Avengers initiative was to have a contingency in case there was a global world threat which Loki was acting basically for Thanos. That's a world threat. The Avengers assembled because of Nick Fury, thankfully, but he takes a page out of Batman's book here. Not that he's wearing black leather, but it's been well established in the comic books. Uh, and I think I brought it up before the, the storyline called tower of Babel. Oh yeah. Yeah. Where basically Batman had contingencies to take out every, every single superhero. Member. Yeah. Every single member of the Justice League and probably every other superhero, you're right. And that's what Fury's doing here. And I get that's going to piss a lot of people off as far as in-universe. Like, if, if the Avengers find this out, or any super-powered person, they're probably going to be upset. And Fury's just going to be like, what do you expect? I, I don't trust you guys. I don't trust anyone. Right. So I get that. And it's interesting. But is he really just going to give that vial of DNA to the next
0: episode? I don't know. No, I don't know where this know is he, going. We know he's not. I mean, it's a decoy to do something. And, and they kind of like brushed over that he's using Extremis, by the way. He said for in like one episode, yeah. Yeah,
1: they haven't, they haven't really come out. He obviously has Extremis and Groot. Now, if you look at some of like... Uh, I watch I watch those recap episodes uh, for Screen Crush, so they really go into that. But there's a scene when you know, they show it on the on one of the computers, the DNA, when he was talking about the different, you know, when, they were, when he was talking to the, the committee about the Super Scrolls, on one of the screens you can see something. And if you pause, you can see Groot, you can see Extremis, and there was something else in there, too. So, okay, you had to be eagle-eyed and you had to pause just right to see it. But, yeah, it's obvious that Gravik has the Groot and Extremis. Uh, well, uh,
0: Gravik did say Extremis, too. He said the yeah. words. Right, um, and that was one of my favorite Iron Man comics. Actually, I read that series. It's you know written becomes, by Warren Ellis, where it becomes part of him. He is Iron Man. He actually sheds the suit, and it becomes a thing. But um, yeah, you know, hopefully the you know us just say Marvel's. It's just kind of everywhere. I, I liked how they kind of glossed over the. She goes, "Why don't you just call one of your friends to come down here and help out?" And he, you know, kind of explain why. Like A, they can't afford them in this TV show, but B. Um, <laughs> we can't afford them. Yeah. But yeah. I, It's kind of a flimsy excuse. Well, uh, it is a flimsy my excuse. Mess. My mess. Yeah, my Bullshit. Like, they, these people could take over the planet. You're not going to fucking call the Avengers. Not not buying that.
1: Yeah. You're on the cusp of World War III. Right. You've saved the world how many times, but you're not going to call on the Avengers to stop World War III? War III? Yeah. It's really I bad. I call
0: bullshit. I call bullshit, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this show is not perfect. I'm no. enjoying it. This is, but I think Marvel's in trouble. Like you said earlier, I think they've got too many things going on. I think Iger's right. You got to slow shit down and get back. Like there's still a fucking celestial on the ocean. Still not Still about not it. referencing. Still not referencing. Well,
1: um, I I think they might have too many cooks in the kitchen because while I'm enjoying this series and it does have a lot of. Potential repercussions coming for the next films. We also know that the big bad is supposed to be Kang. Maybe. Well, the the Avengers Kang dynasty kind of makes it clear he's the big bad, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, they could change the name. They could change the name because originally it was Avengers Infinity War Part 1 and 2. Then they change it to Infinity War and Endgame. Fine. They could change it and they could totally, you know, the movies haven't been filmed yet. They're still a thousand years away. So I haven't change. been written yet. Exactly. So maybe King is not the big bad after all, but they certainly seem to be alluding to that through Ant-Man and Loki season two coming out. So how, how many different ways can the world be in peril either from another dimension or now from the scrolls or whatever else is happening? So well, it's going to happen in a couple months with Marvel's. Exactly. I mean, obviously that seems to be Cree related, which is again, another intergalactic or interplanetary foe. So yeah, it makes sense to have the Avengers involved then too, but apparently we're only going to focus on these three people in the Marvels. Makes sense. But there are too many cooks in the kitchen. I, I'm a little bit worried about how the series is going to end because even though I'd like to see it end strongly and maybe somehow lead into the marvels i don't know i i I don't know how they're trying to get a lot of these puzzle pieces to fit and i don't know if it's going to work yeah we'll find out
0: all right well how can people tell us what they think of both star trek new worlds season two strange new worlds and secret wars well they can let us know on either twitter or instagram
1: at Kybercast, or if you would prefer, we have both a Facebook group and a page at the Kybercast. Let us know what you think.
0: And if you'd like to help out the show, make sure you check out patreon.com slash Kybercast, or the best way to help the show is to smash that subscribe button, tell your friends about the show, they can find us at pretty much any podcatcher that they so desire, or send them to kybercast.com. All of our episodes are streaming there, and uh, you can also buy some swag if you want. Um, it's been a slow week really even though we, we we got through those two episodes between now and then Michael I don't know if you're I you, you know if I see Barbie I'll let you know you let me know um I will be out of town next Sunday so we'll have to talk and see when we can do the next episode. okay so we'll see it we might be late again folks sorry it's been a goofy year <laughs>
1: It's all good.
0: It's all good. anything else on your end Michael I'm good. All right, until the next time, this is the way. I have spoken. What a piece of junk. <laughs> Boring conversation anyway.